Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing 90 Day OG. So before we do, we do have uh, just one quick announcement as well as hot goss. So quick announcement. You will be getting a 90, no, sorry, God, you will be getting a bonus Next Take episode. Again, Next Take podcast is um, my other podcast with my friend, um, Mikkel. So you are going to be getting one um, coming up to you shortly. That will probably, well, we're still in January here. So um, I'm kind of ahead of myself a little bit. So you will be getting that episode probably sometime in the middle of February. Um, and it is a black history themed episode. So that will be coming your way. There's other things that you can, that are, you know, putting you aware of, um, for that, for anything else upcoming with respect to bonus episodes from that podcast. Um, everything will be on that one once you get it. So just wanted to put that out there that you can maybe be expecting that in the next two-ish weeks. So let's move on to some hot goss. So as promised, I do have some stuff that we didn't talk about in the Merida First Light episode, right? Merida First Light or was it 90 Day? I can't remember. One of them. Um, So we do have some more information kind of coming out with respect to the lawsuit that Renee, I think it's Posh, has started against Love is Blind. Um, again, if you don't remember her, she was on season five, even though we didn't really see her much, but she had some drama with the guy that she ended up being engaged to, which was Carter, who just wanted a man like what's his face to marry his daughter, that guy. So it's come out that um, she now claims that Netflix is punishing her for speaking out against the treatment she says she experienced during filming, which we kind of all already been been um, been aware of. So, in a new declaration, she notes her lawsuit compromised the NDA non disclosure agreement, resulting in the production company for the show count countersuing her for $4 million. Wow. Um, so in it, it says in Mexico, I became extremely stressed about this as I was stuck in a hotel room with him and unable to leave. We were told that cameras were always watching us and that alarms would sound if we opened the door to our room. During the entire stay in Mexico, we were allowed to leave the hotel room only once outside of filming a one-hour stint at the pool with production watching our every move. I repeatedly told production about my dire mental state and was told I should enjoy, quote-unquote, paradise. In reality, I was locked in a hotel room with an increasingly unhinged partner for up to 22 hours a day. And around this time, my partner threatened to harm a camera operator who then quit the show. Hmm. Interesting. Um... Yeah, quit the show while in Mexico because he no longer felt safe. Um, Renee kind of goes on to talk about how she was shocked that Delirium TV 
was taking action against her, because this is the production company, um, for speaking out when she only received 8K to be on the show, the 4 million being 500 times the amount she received for the season. She says, and I quote, I was utterly astonished when on November 1st, 2023, Delirium initiated arbitration against me. I feel that Delirium is trying to ruin my life and punish me for telling the truth about the unsafe working conditions I saw and experienced and the dangerous lies I had been fed. Delirium alleges that I am liable for $4 million in liquidated damages for breach of the agreement. What, what, what? Okay, that's kind of it there for that. What I'm confused by is, in what universe? Because this girl is claiming an unsafe environment, environment where she was basically being held hostage with a person who was potentially being abusive to her, whether physically, mentally, verbally, we don't know, but nonetheless, what's being abusive to her. And y'all want to come out here and double down and countersue for $4 million for breach of contract. Mm, That's, that's extreme. And it doesn't actually look good on you guys. You should just be settling and call it a day. But anyways, that's it for that. Sister wives, sister wives. And this is respect to Cody. He's 55 y'all. Wow. Anyway, he says to people that he's on a journey of both forgiveness and understanding when it comes to his relationships with Christine, Mary, and Janelle, all of whom he's separated from within a 14-month span, which we know. So he says, and I quote, I've got to find that space of grace and love for myself. Um, yeah. He admitted he wanted to forgive, quote-unquote, himself for being, quote, being angry about what has happened and move on. He continues to say, it's a journey that goes inward and it's a journey that's outward. What? Okay. Um, you have to express forgiveness to the people you've been involved with. You have to express understanding and hope that at the end of an era for us as a family, we still have hope of a friendship and a loving or a kind relationship with each other in the future because we're bond forever through our kids. Really, sir, this is the same man who doesn't want to have a relationship with his kids or at least portrayed as such. They have to for- they have to apologize for how they treated Robin. This guy. Indeed, the experience has been painful, he continues on by saying. Um uh, the, you know, with respect to the end of three of his four spiritual unions, well, one is legal and that's the one he's still with. But anyways, but it's also been a process to get to more solid ground with his family. He continues by saying, really, I just look forward to a future of a lot of forgiving and a lot of just more understanding for you. Basically, I added that last part. Now, Though he feels like his confidence is coming back, good for you, sir, as a few things have happened recently that I have really, I guess you could say, built my confidence back. Eh? Because it destroys your confidence when you go through a divorce or a family breakup. That's all fair. I don't want to take that away from him, but I don't like this person. Uh, yeah, 
No one does. Anyways, while Cody remains hopeful about a platonic reconciliation with Christine, Mary, and Janelle, he's also focusing his energy on his remaining marriage to Robin, which he previously told people has been permanently changed. No shit. Um, he says, we are not recovering from this. I mean, it's not clinical depression, but we've been a bit depressed about what the experience did. That's an understatement. So which is it? (laughs) Anyways, but we've been through a very hard experience and our reaction to it has changed us. We are not the same. We go on to say that, um, with respect to Robin, um, who's 45, (laughs) that the dissolution of Cody's other marriages left her disappointed. So she says there is a weird feeling of this was the agreement to be together and end up together and always be a family. And I just feel like people left. They have a right to leave. Robin, they do. She says Mary's situation is different than Janelle or Christine's. That's true. She said she hung on for a really long time, more than she should have. So it's a very different way that I look at that than I do maybe Janelle or Christine, because how dare they say, fuck this shit, I'm out before they hang on the way Mary did. But yeah, I feel kind of abandoned. Y'all, she used the word abandoned. No. Abandoning somebody is an adult, a parent abandoning their child because it just suits them. Grown adults leaving a toxic relationship and God forbid leaving you behind is not abandonment. This does a camp anyway. So yeah, that's basically it on that. So while we're on the topic of the sister wife situation here, let's continue on with another piece of hot goss that is pertaining to Janelle. Janelle, 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 let's get into it. So despite the fact that, you know, they are not together, we know they're not, she doesn't consider herself divorced. She says, because we never were legally married, I can't really say I'm divorced. I understand that, but I feel like, I don't know. It just feels like you're not putting an end to it. It just feels like you're just kind of carrying on in limbo. You may not have been legally married to this person, neither was Christine, but I think you needed to say in your mind, you're spiritually divorced, whatever. That's what um, Indy and Harry did. They were spiritually married and spiritually divorced. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so um, she continues on by saying, I just say I'm no longer with him when I explain it to outside people. I'm like, I'm no longer with my partner. Janelle also says that her, that she's always told people that my partner and I split up, okay, when explaining her relationship status and prefers the term single, which a divorced person is still single. I'm single. Well, not single I'm in a relationship, but in the eyes of the law, you're either married, divorced, or single. So I'm divorced, yes, when I'm in legally speaking, but in the grand scheme of things, like... I was single, you know? I don't know. Um, and she says, I don't know either. So she continues, it's nebulous for me at this point. It depends on who I'm talking to, really. I guess I just consider myself single. I don't consider myself divorced or separated or whatever. 
I just think I'm single. That's basically it, really. Um, we do have some more hot goss later on, but that is all we have for this episode. So let's hop into the reason that we are here. 90 Day OG Season 10, Episode 15. Till death do us part. We're almost we're almost done. Okay. So Clayton and Annalie. So she's getting ready for her bachelorette party. He tells her no strippers. And he continues on by telling us that baby pig was real stressed last night and he wasn't sleeping, but he's all good now. He's running up and down. He's eating and he's making noises that tells him that he's good now. I don't know, but he's fine. It is what it is. He's, he's doing good. So he was able to get some sleep after that. Yeah. Um, so then we see Cameron, he's showing up and they're going to be, you know, Clinton says, oh, we're not going to do the big hug thing that they did at the airport. They're just going to shake hands now. It's fine. Um, since they're used to being around each other. So they're going to be doing his bachelor party. Emily thinks that they're going to be having a nerd hangout. She wasn't wrong. We'll get to it. So, Annalie leaves, and these two nerds go straight swimming, which is, was 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 adorable. They were, you know, frolicking in the water and playing with blow up toys and just having a grand old time with each other. And it was also kind of awkward at times too because they were talking about, you know, the their holes not big enough or whatever. And it was weird. But anyways, this is what they were doing. And they got out pool and when, okay, I, 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 we could talk about men and how they look. I would never find Clayton at all sexually attractive or sexually desirable ever. Never in my wildest dreams. No wonder she doesn't want to sleep with him, but hey, to each their own. But anyways, I got out of the pool, and now they're going to go um, play video games. But we're going to take a break on that for a minute, and we're going to hop over back to Emily. So she has arrived at Brandy's. Um, there are women here that she's never met before. They're friends of Brandy's. Um, but we see there's like penises all over the backyard, and Brandy does tell her, listen, I do have a surprise for you. Our, um, your bachelor party is not going to be a movie night, and she is so thrilled. There will be drinks, there will be food, and there will be dicks. The real ones. So, they go on a, on a party bus, and the SWAT shows up. So, we do come back from them, from whoever else we were looking at or whatever, and the stripper, we see him just like, humping her head and then he has this like pink sock um over his dick and the thing is it's like the way he has it sitting makes it look like his dick is bigger but if you looked really close you could actually see like where it was versus what was just the material of the sock and i mean i don't think he was like fully hard but i think like he was somewhat there not fully there um I'm impressed. I'll say that. I'm impressed. I need to see the full thing. I need to see what I'm what I'm seeing. If it's you know, 
but um, impressed. I'll say that. You know what? Come to think of it, he actually wasn't bad looking. Um, good job, Brandy. I wasn't too sure when I saw him last week, but you know what? She did good. Anyway, um, so Brandy is just giving me life. She's like, she's loving this. She keeps the only thing she keeps saying in English is "jabber," and she's like. <laughs> And one scene, she's just like shaking her boobs. It was just like, Brandy is me. I am Brandy. We're all Brandy. It's great. Um, meanwhile, we're going to be headed to the friendly forestry shop majigger. I don't know what the hell these people said, but close enough. And uh, this is the bachelor party. They're playing video games and headed to this friendly forestry shop thing. Um, this is their idea. Cameron's like, you know, this, this is a weird, a little different, you know, usually there's strippers and there's alcohol and drugs. Um, but that's not what they're doing. Back at the bus with the stripper, Brandy says that, uh, she's loving the flipping and the flopping. It's like a fish out of water. <laughs> it is a fish out of water. Yeah, he needs, um, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I, I'm even, gonna say, even thinking what I was about to say, but I'm not going to say it. Um, let's move on. <laughs> so, um, Cameron ends up saying that, um, clear back to them now, says that, um, this was the weirdest bachelor party he's ever had. Clayton says, I didn't ask. And then some other thing having to do with the video game anyway Annalie could um with like so so now this the shipper bus is done shipper's gone the bus is gone everyone's gone no the women are still there um they go back to brandy's house she chugs a beer by putting punching puncturing the hole into the side of the beer which does not seem safe to me because at the end of the day here's the thing you're supposed you do the chugging of the beer you open the the tab or whatever to the, to the beer can you could have just done all of that and then still chugged with the beer that way. Maybe it doesn't, maybe, maybe it comes out faster. I don't know. I've never done it myself. Um, cause I feel like I would cut my lip open. Anyways, maybe I'm wrong. Someone who's done it out there, let me know. But, um, so Annalie would, um, like to have a better relationship with Brandy. She would like to kind of have like a sisterly type relationship with her. So, both Brandy and Annalie go inside the house. So two of them, they're going to talk. And um, Brandy says that I am going to try to get Annalie drunk. Because guess what? Drunk words are sober thoughts. Just put that on a t-shirt. Because she is not wrong. So Brandy does ask Annalie what it's like living with closet mom. Annalie does say, like, it's fine for now, but, like, we also, I ultimately would like to have privacy with Clayton. And Brandy's like, I 100% understand that. And she's being genuine. She genuinely understands that. And she says, but that's never going to happen. She literally tells her that. That's never going to happen. And she says in it in the moment that Clayton and Claus and Mom have always lived together. They've never not lived together. So, you know, she doesn't 
see a world where they would not be living together, which is very telling. Um, very telling. Um, so uh, yeah, Brandy kind of even borderline says like their relationship is kind of disturbing, which is interesting way to point that out. Kind of like, it's like, I love a mama's boy type situation. Brandy says like, it would be like this forever. Annalise says that if it continues, then it could lead to divorce. And Brandy says like, the fact that you're talking about divorce right now and you're not even married yet is very telling. I don't think she's even saying that to be rude or, you know, or anything. I think she really truly is understanding where Annalie is coming from. So, um, Brandy feels sad because she apparently tells us that he called her and told her he wants to live his own life with Annalie, but he just doesn't know what to say to closet mom about that. And Brandy's like, this, it's just, it's just not right that like this is kind of going on and that he is unable to feel like he can live his own life. Um, here's what I say, like based on the kind of woman we saw last week, like she does kind of seem like a person that might be overbearing that might, um, use guilt to get what she wants, um, out of whoever in this case, Clayton, and I don't know if that stands for mental illness. I don't know if that stands for codependency. I'm going to say definitely codependency if not mental illness as well. And um, that's unfair. He deserves to live his own life. And someone needs to tell her. But anyways, that is it for Clayton and Emily for this week. Sophie and Rob. Well, mainly Sophie, which I'm perfectly fine with. I'm sure we all are. So she's going running dress shopping. Rob, um, doesn't exist at this point, Claire says. So the person who's asked her to marry him, the reason she's going dress shopping, she doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. He's, it's just about you and me. He doesn't exist. So, um, Claire says, um, I feel, oh, sorry, I fell asleep before you did and I was watching like a hawk did you end up talking to Rob she says no she didn't but she did see that he posted a meme kind of throwing shade at her and Claire's like throwing shade she doesn't know what throwing shade means anyways (laughs) I don't think she's that old like her daughter's 23 like I mean it's may hard to tell but yeah it is hard to tell. Anyways. So anyway, this meme basically said something around the lines of like how I sleep knowing like she doesn't take accountability and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but sir, you don't take accountability. So I imagine it's basically like someone sleeping like a baby because they don't take accountability or something. I don't know. But he captioned this meme by saying this hits different. This is so childish. And the thing that Sophie says here is like, okay, number one, like I'm not posting memes like that on my Instagram for the whole world to see you're doing that childish. And as well as it allows everyone to know that we're not good. That our relationship isn't good. 
you and she's like he clearly is doing that to make to either a draw attention to himself or b get your get her sophie's attention which is childish if you have something to say something you want to hash out then then be a man be an adult and do so um just just have a conversation with her the problem is is that i fully believe sophie is with all intents and purposes more mature than rob is so dumb but yes this is the person she wants to marry so anyway she said that she was planning to be nice with him today but not so much anymore because this pissed her off anyway now we're at the bridal shops called loho and they're trying to find a dress that is beach appropriate because we're gonna be having a beach wedding and um so she said like nothing too poofy she just wants something a little more fitting but not like overly fitting um claire does say like she feels sad because you know this is a big day for sophie rob should be this like showering her with love and he's not and you know she's she feels sad for that um she comes out in her first dress i don't hate it but the dress is kind of the the issue i had with the dress is that it, it was too low cut for her i think it needed to go a little higher up on the bust but i didn't hate it and i mean if she was going for a fairy look this achieved it with the the fairy crown or whatever it was with this dress it was perfect the dress she ends up taking doesn't quite fit the crown but nonetheless so anyway she sorry so dress number two it's an absolute no um and claire literally says it kind of looked like a hooker dress kind of looks like a dress out of person on the pool would wear which that's kind of extreme i don't think anyone would wear this on a pole but there was like this kind of triangle like cut out in the front of the dress that was like open and it just looks so weird like it was when i saw it like on the hanger i'm like that's a weird dress even on the hanger so if it looks weird on the hanger it's gonna look weird on but yeah she said she wanted because i had this like slit in the leg which the slit was fine but if this didn't have that cutout thing it might have been okay but no it wasn't good anyways so it's an absolute new dress number three it definitely has a nice silhouette but i found it too plain i found it way too plain i didn't like it um yeah I felt like the, what would have completed the dress, and I don't know if this is the way she's going to go, what would have completed the dress is doing some sort of, like, belts, maybe preferably, a, like, thin, simple silver belts would have just made the dress pop, personally for me. I'm not a dress expert, I'm just saying. Um, but that's what I felt like it could have helped with it. But, like, otherwise, like, I feel like your dress should have either some sort of pattern to it i mean i'm not a fan of lace but at least it adds like a pattern to it too if you didn't have it on the dress itself and or it needs some sort of 
bejewelment happening with the dress. It needs to have something. So when I see these dresses that are just plain, has nothing on it, like it needs something. And it needs like a belt. Because I think even the veil is very simple. So it just doesn't really add to the dress. So I feel like it just needs something. But that is it. She says she looks like a princess and that's the dress she's going for. Actually, I don't think she had, did she have a veil? Or did she just have the fairy crown? Anyways, yeah, but that's, that's what she's picking. So she says she looks like a princess and she says, you know, he normally tells me that I'm a princess, but I actually look like one now. And I said, honey, he did not tell you, you are a princess because he wants to shower you with love by telling you you are a princess. He's not saying you're my princess. He's saying you're acting like a brat and you're a princess. That's what he's saying. Not the same. Anywho's. So next we see that Sophie is going to be going back to Rob's. She's going to call him to ask him to pick her up. Um, and when she does, he just sounds like, well, a knob. <laughs> he sounds moody. Claire says that, um, he sounded low key depressed and maybe like he still wants to fight. Can I still have this like aggression in his voice? And I'm just like, first of all, A, why do we have to analyze every little piece of his voice here? Cause my God, but yes, he definitely sounds moody. Apparently he always sounds like that. Man of my dreams. Um, that's sarcasm. Um, and, um, and then to insinuate that the man sounds low key depressed, that's a step. I mean, maybe he is, he very well could be, but I think we should stay away from the word depression when we don't know for sure if somebody is depressed, because what if he actually is, and you're just kind of making, it kind of feels like you're making a mockery of it. Um, if that is kind of what is going on for him, been quite like that. I don't want to defend him, so cut it out. Anyways, so, um, but then Sophie kind of has this look, I guess, on her face, and she's deciding that she's going to tell Claire about her being bisexual. And I thought, oh, she doesn't know. Okay, all right. So she says, like, to, to her mom, like, listen, I have told you stuff. Like, I've told you, like, 90, um, wait, 89. Oh, you know what? 92% the math um, of what's been going on between her and Rob. So I've only been told you so much, but I haven't told you the full picture. We have been arguing, but we have been arguing about a topic that I haven't told you. I've only really told Rob. We do know she told her other friend before she left, but that's basically it. Nobody else knows. And she tells her I'm bisexual and her mom says oh who cares she's like who cares it's fine and which I don't don't I don't know because again I'm coming as a cis heterosexual woman I don't know what it's like to come out in any capacity but I feel like telling your daughter who cares maybe is kind of, you know, not validating her feeling here. There's a reason why she didn't tell you whether the the reason is valid or not. She didn't tell you right away. And for her to kind of just say, oh, who cares? I understand what she's trying to say here. Obviously trying to say, 
Who cares if you're bisexual? Who cares if you're gay, bi, straight, pan, asexual? Who cares? None of that matters. You are who you are and that's what matters. But it still can come across as not validating what she's telling her. Um, but again, I'm again coming from a perspective that I can't really talk on this. But this I will. She kind of asks her, when did you decide? Now that's improper wording. No one decides that they are queer, right? Because that makes it seem like you're choosing it, like it's a choice and being queer is not a choice. And I'm using the word queer because I don't want to, you know, but um, that's not a choice. That is who you are. That's how you're born. You're, as Gaga says, you are born this way. No matter which way that is, whether you're queer or not or whatever, um, that is how you're born. So it is not a choice. So I wrote down, how did you know? Or when did you know? But I did write in brackets to side because that is the wording Claire used, which is incorrect wording. But nonetheless, she said that she accepted it a year ago. So clearly she was having, as we kind of knew, was having kind of an internal fight with herself as to, am I accepting this about myself? Am I not accepting this about myself? You know, what is, what am I going to do with this information? So Claire says, okay, well then why couldn't you tell me? She's like, it's not a big deal. And the thing is, it's like, yes, maybe to you it's not a big deal because you would have accepted her no matter what. But for, for her, it could be a big deal. It could very well be a big deal. And the fact that she has accepted this, let's say, while she's been with Rob, that's another internal struggle that she needs to deal with of, okay, I've been in this relationship now for almost three years with this man. I'm now realizing something about myself that has been percolating in the background, but I'm now accepting it. Um, like that it is a big deal on so many fronts. It's a big deal. So for her to say it's not a big deal, yes, maybe not a big deal to you. And I'm sure somewhere deep down, Sophie knows it's not a big deal to you if she were to tell you, but it is a big deal for her. She has to go through the, whatever motion she needs to go through in order to get through this. So she does ask her, Claire, whether or not she's been with a girl before. And as we know, it's a no, she hasn't. She says, if I did, I would have told you. But as Claire says that I've said earlier that I think I've heard other podcasters say, other, I think maybe other people in general have said, how do you know that this is the route you want to take in life? You haven't experienced being with a woman. Now, again, haven't been here, can't speak on this, but Sophie does say that she knows that she wants to be with a man or marry a man in the grand scheme of things. I think. I don't know if she's necessarily saying she would be in a relationship with a woman. Maybe it is strictly more sexual for her. I don't know, but I've definitely heard of that. I knew people growing up in high school who identified as bisexual and identified in this way. They would never have been in a relationship with a woman, at least then anyways. I don't know how that turned out later on in life, but they knew ultimately that they were 
they wanted to have an emotional connection with men, but maybe the physical aspect of things with, with women and men. So it's, it's very possible that this is the case, but she also hasn't experienced that. So I, I don't know. I don't even know if the people I knew growing up ever experienced that or what. Like, I don't know. I've never asked. It was my business, but this is the case. And, you know, I don't doubt that in her mind, this is what she wants. She wants to be married to a man. Maybe she wants to have a sexual relationship with a woman. I don't know. I don't think she fully knows that herself. And her coming out as bi could very well be just, I just want to put this out here. I want the world to know that I am sexually attracted to women, but doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to have a relationship with a woman, that I am going to be with men. It happens all the time. And for Claire to sit here and again, not validate what she is saying and basically talks over her and says, you're lost. You don't know what you want. Maybe so, but this is not your journey to go through. This is Sophie's journey to go through. Whether that's alongside Rob or not, whether she sees where this takes her or not, whether this is something that comes knock, knock, knocking on her door as she's married to Rob and is saying, let me in. I want to experience this with a woman now. I, I want to do this. This is, this is, you know, a, a craving or whatever that I want to have or achieve or whatever. If that is what's happening, then she will need to address that on her own. No one else can do that for her. I wish her all the best. So, Sophie, um, kind of also says like, you know, don't say this because you want to like invalidate the marriage with Rob. She's like, I'm not learning about that, but it partially has come. Anyway, Rob is here and Sophie's going to go downstairs and meet him. And, uh, that's that. So that is it for Rob and Sophie for this week, Nikki and Justin Igor. Now, as promised, I am going to watch that YouTube video that uh, that I haven't uh, had a chance to watch yet as I'm recording this, but I will stop it and come back to it. Um, but we'll have a little fun here because it's been kind of not fun so far. So, Nikki and Justin Igor, they're getting ready for their engagement party. He's going to go first ahead of her because, oh, she takes forever to get ready. Um, and she'll be coming after. So they're being very lovey-dovey with each other. It's kind of weird. Anyway, he says, like, I'm a lucky man. And he kind of, like, clips, clicks his feet together in the air. And she calls him a Russian leprechaun, which I'm like, wait. <laughs> anyway. So Justin Igor hasn't made it to the party. He, th- he thanks everyone for being here. Justin Igor says, when I left Nikki, you know, she was on the one side of her face and she hadn't yet even touched the other side. Anyways, we're with Nikki as she's getting ready and her friend, what's her friend's name? Sarsh, Glitter, Sparkle, Sharpay, whatever the hell, her friend, um, she calls and she's like, your mom was telling me about what's been going on. What is this for the threesome? And I kid you not, y'all, if you noticed 
in walks a child as she literally says threesome. I saw the little head moving in the background and I'm like, so we're just going to throw out the word threesome as your child is in the background. Sounds about right. And this kid was probably young too because I could barely see him, but I saw him. Anyways, she's like, oh, my mom has a big mouth. And she says, um, you know, she had her fun in her 20s and maybe in her early 30s. But she's like, I'm three years away from 50. I don't want to do this. I want to settle down. I want to be married. I want to have kids. I want to be a mom, whatever. So she kind of says all of that. And her friend, Sparkle, literally says, like, is this what you want? Do you want to be in this relationship with him? And she says, yes, she does. And I'm like, all right, whatever you say. <laughs> um, and she says, and I thought, there you go. There we go. Nikki says, straight guys don't accept girls like me. They hide us in the closet. And I said, okay, so are you doing this because this is a straight man who's good looking, is giving you the attention that I guess you maybe never got before from other straight men, or at least to this extent, I don't know, um, it is, that's what it's all about. But also at the same time, I, I, I want, I also want to scream because on the one hand, I'm like, okay, I hear what she's saying. I feel this is something that transgender women especially deal with in life, um, women have gone missing, have been murdered by men with little egos, um, and hatred in their hearts. Um, so I get it. What you trying to say here? But also on the other hand too, I'm thinking, but Nikki, for the first, I don't know, 10 years of you fully transitioned to being a woman, you hit yourself. You hit yourself in the world. You came out here and uh, and presented yourself as was the, word, the term she used. Stealth, because that's the term she used. You presented yourself in that way, as if you were by bi- you know biologically born a woman, because you thought it would have been easier that way, or whatever whatever reason you had for doing it that way, which I totally understand. She transitioned in what the, the late nineties, early two thousands. Like it was, it's a tough time now for for transgendered women. Imagine then. So I understand all of that, but you yourself hit yourself too, and I mean that's your right to do so. But then don't be in a relationship harping on the fact that he is a straight man who's not hiding me. That's not enough because this man may not be hiding you, but he's also not fulfilling the primal needs that human beings need. And that's sexual gratification. Like, you know, as this, again, cisgendered woman, if my partner was not satisfying me sexually, or vice versa, even, but we're going to talk about women here more so than anything. If he wasn't sexually gratifying me, I wouldn't be staying with him. Because what is the reason why you won't? Especially when I know you are, you have a very healthy sexual appetite. You know, and with Justin Igor, we see that 
is the case because he's sleeping with other women and not sleeping with her and talking about threesomes and all this. So clearly you are a man with sexual needs and sexual desires. You're just not giving her that. Why are you, why would you, why would anyone settle in this way? But anyway, um, so Nikki is done that conversation. She shows up at the place and she looks incredible. She looks beautiful. Um, he describes her dress as shinies. <laughs> so we do find out here Nikki is leaving the next day. Um, and she says, because um, I think it was his friend Roxanne asked, well, when are you coming back? She's like, well, it's the summertime and, you know, I do have to be on stage to start performing. And um, this is what started the whole thing. And so, Sir, Sergey, Sir, Sir, I knew I knew his name before. Whatever. His friend <laughs> does everyone an absolute disservice and says to Nikki, you promised us a live performance. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. But Nikki doesn't want to do it. She's like, I haven't been on stage in a really long time. I haven't done a sound check. She doesn't really want to do this. Um, but she nonetheless gives in. Um, and she is playing the song on her phone. At first, I thought that the venue was playing the song. I'm like, but wait. But no, it was actually her playing on on her phone. And uh, her singing is horrible. <laughs> And, um, I wrote, who wrote the song? Um, um, and she says straight up though, she, she owns it. And she says, I sounded pitchy and I said, girl, but she said she sounded pitchy and it also sounded like bad karaoke. I said, you know what? I love a queen that can have self-awareness and this is the case here. She definitely has some self-awareness. Um, and, uh, anyway, she tells Justin Igor that, uh, you know, she has confidence that they can work this out. Spoiler alert, don't they break up soon? <laughs> but I am going to take a quick little pause here and then uh, I am going to do my critique on the YouTube video. Okay, and I'm back. You would have not felt any difference, but here I am and I am back. Um, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. The song is called Padam Padam. Um... I will be posting the video on our socials so you can take part in this. I probably won't be able to post it on Instagram, but I'll post it on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, probably not TikTok, but I will post it on um, on Reddit as well. So here's the deal. <laughs> the song is stupid, and in and of itself, the song is dumb. It is catchy, though. The beat's quite catchy. She's definitely had some touch-ups on her voice. Um, but it's, it's, you can still hear her regular voice kind of in the background a little bit. Um, so it's not a great touch-up, but it's still nonetheless a touch-up. <laughs> not saying much, um, for her own voice. But here's what I'll say, though the highlights of it. She looks incredible in it. What she's wearing is incredible. And there's one point where the makeup didn't quite um, flatter her, but she still looks incredible. The plastic surgery clearly pays off because she looks, she looks great. Um, 
the video itself is pretty bad. Um, you can definitely tell it's being done in front of a green screen. It's not great. The dancing is not great. Nikki is not a dancer. Um, by any means she's just she's barely moving actually i'm gonna think of it um when she actually is supposed to be quote-unquote dancing she's not really dancing she has backup dancers i guess for that purpose but it's 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 the song's not horrible it's more the beat the beach is catchy um but that's that's my critique of course like i said i will post this on our socials um, again, it will be Facebook, Twitter, um, and Reddit. Those are the ones that I'll be able to post that on easily enough. Um, I'm not going to do it on either TikTok and Instagram, although I don't think I even can easily do it on, on Instagram, but um, maybe I will. Maybe I'll surprise you and I'll end up on Instagram, but that's that for now, but we are going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we will finish up with our remaining couples. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can, you can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer 
very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software. And we're back. So let's hop in with Ashley and Manuel. So they're still going to be getting married in Florida. Man, which I didn't even know about. Manuel is very upset over his soccer game because his team is losing zero to one. I felt this in my bones. (laughs) There is nothing more than a man who is very dedicated to soccer, very dedicated to his team than that. And we tell you anyway, I'm not talking from experience. (laughs) So they are on the way to the airport and we have uh, Alicia and Sienna, her sister, with us as well. Um, they made it there with 10 minutes to spare, Lord. He says, you think my wife is crazy? You should see her friends. That also needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, actually, that might be on a t-shirt. Anyway, they are getting their wedding cake from Publix. Which I, listen, here in Canada, we do not have Publix in Canada. Um, We have Walmart. We have a Sobeys. I don't know if that's in America or not, but we we don't have Publix. And I've heard that Publix cake is incredible. Um, And I think, actually, from what I've heard, I think they're in Tampa Bay or Tampa Beach, whichever. Um, somewhere, somewhere, I think in Tampa, I think they're Tampa, but, um, from what I understand from like when reality gays went on tour and they were in Tampa, it is very well known that Tampa Publix has the best cake. I don't know if that's across the board or if it's just Florida. I don't know, but I guess I get it. Like I'm not hating on the fact that they have great cakes, but I am hitting on the fact that it is your wedding cake and you're getting it from Publix. But hey, do what you got to do to save money. So this is where we find out that um, Solly is not coming to the wedding. He pretty much says that like he had like Manuel has questionable um shit going on or he's acting questionable whatever and he's like I know how I can be so I think it's best that I'm not come now here's what I'm gonna say I understand what he's saying that he feels like Manuel is being questionable about certain things for example his kids and her not meeting his kids all of this time but you put all of your shit aside for your best friend who's getting married as far as we know Ashley has never been married before so you not going to this wedding because you, as you're trying to say, are trying to, you know, 
think of her and all of this shit. Like, that's wrong. That's not a friend. And the fact that she says, like, you know, um, her friends are ride or die. Not all of them. Not all of them. And it's affecting her more that he is not there. So that's wrong of him. He should have been there. Um, despite how he feels, you're not making a difference. Be there to support your friend. So that that was not okay to me. Um, I mean, again, I've been there in a sense that my friend did not support my marriage. I know that for a fact. I've always knew that. And she really put her attitude out there to show that she didn't like this fact that this was happening. Everyone around me could tell. We don't know if it was anything she was going through personally or if it was the fact that she was just not happy about what was happening. But she was still there and she supported me. And despite all of that, she was there for me. And that leaves a lasting impression on me going forward that I know that she, and I never questioned that anyways, but it, it would have question. I would have questioned things if she weren't there. You know what I mean? Yes. She, he should have been there. That's so wrong. Um, so it's the next day and they are at a grocery store shopping. Apparently they're going to get some pineapple because Manuel cuts the best pineapple. So that's what they're going to do. Meanwhile, um, Alicia and Sienna and some other people that we don't know are decorating the house for basically what is going to be a bachelorette party. Um, or maybe a Jack and Jill. I don't really know what's going on here, but they kind of ignored Manuel in this moment. But um, whatever it is, they're decorating a house for both Ashley and Manuel. Sienna at this point decides to ask Alicia if um, how she feels about them getting married. And Alicia says, you know, I want them to get married. I think, you know, whatever. But they just kind of hope, they hoped that like, they wouldn't be at the mercy of the government having to get married after 90 days, kind of feel like they probably need more time. And you know what? I feel like Ashley and Manuel would probably agree um, as well. I, But, you know, those are the rules. Then Ashley and Manuel walk in and she looks shocked. She looks appreciative of what they've done. Jonathan is here too, which if we don't remember is Manuel's friend, um, which was a complete surprise to Manuel. He didn't know he was going to be there. And um, they got her a straw that says bright on it and it's so big and it doesn't stay in the, the, the glass. Um, he tells them, Manuel tells them that, thank you. You are all special people. And that he appreciates that they um, are here throughout the good and the bad, but hopefully it will be more good than bad. And it's great. So in the next scene, we see her mom, um, or we hear that her mom can't be there until the actual day of the wedding because she is a teacher. And Ashley says, of course, I have to complicate things by scheduling my wedding on the first day of school. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. She's, she's, I think she does worry whether or not her mom will be there, which I think she will be there um, from what we've seen in the previews. She is worried about whether or not her mom will be there. And she says, like, his mom can't be there. My mom has to be there. So I think um, 
Sienna was talking to her mom. She ends up giving the phone to Ashley. Mom asks to talk to Manuel. Manuel comes and then mom says, so how many babies? What? (laughs) You just throw it out there. But how many babies? My God. (laughs) How about you get as many babies as is going to be? Does that make sense? You know what? Whatever. So Manuel says, I mean, we've been doing the work, but nothing yet. And Sienna's like, oh, (laughs) like she did not want to be a part of this conversation. Um, so now we're going to be going, um, to the dock. We're going to be going on a boat. I wanted to point this out because I didn't understand why he said this, but he says, I mean, I also think this may be, I don't know if this is supposed to be a compliment. I don't know if it's supposed to be gross. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he said this. I'm like, what? And then all I'm picturing in my head is freaking Pocahontas when they're going to go to war with the other people or were they helping? Uh, anyways, that's besides the point. He says here, row like the Indians. Now, I like I said, I don't know why he said this. I don't know why he had to say this. I don't know. But it gave me the ick. I didn't like it. Um, we could stay away from that altogether. We really could. Let's not go there. <laughs> So I'm going to leave it at there. But I felt that it was important to say that because I don't know if this was supposed to be a dig or what. I just didn't like it. Anyways, Manuel is having time of his life on this boat. He's twerking. He feels happy. Um, And he says to Jonathan, let's send a message to, to Ecuador. So an adventure his family. But then his phone dies while he's going to do this. And he kind of is, I guess he's kind of sitting alone by himself off to the side. And Alicia says, go talk to your man, to Ashley. And Ashley goes and she's like, you know, um, how do you feel? And he says, good. And she says it again. And then he starts crying. And he says, I don't want to talk about it. But he does say, I miss my, oh, sorry, I wish my kids were here. And Ashley is definitely being very supportive in this moment. It's great to see. He says that he's feeling the absence of his family, obviously, in this moment. He's getting married and his family isn't there. Um, but he says, oh, well, I'm here. And it felt he, it felt like he felt, so, to me, the how he said it and how it made me feel. It's like he feels so defeated. And I'm just like, I got a little emotional. And I'm just like, oh this poor like she is also very aware and do honestly she said nothing wrong here she kind of just says like as we're getting closer and closer to the wedding i do realize now that there's a lot of unknowns um approaching the wedding and i don't know she necessarily feels like he's gonna you know not marry her i don't even think he thinks that he will marry her it's just the unknowns of how life was gonna look like you can't travel for like what two years while you know you're waiting for your green card and everything like that like it's it's he's not going to be able to see his family he won't be able to physically see his kids and it's just it's heartbreaking 
But I think the weight of all of that is starting to hit him. So she tells him to breathe. And he says that he misses his mom. He says that she's his whole life. And I'm just like, oh my God. <sighs> he wants to give give his kids as much as he can. He wants them to not live a life that he did. Um, and he also wants, he hopes to be able to bring his kids to America one day. And I hope for that for, for him and for them um, I'm not sure kind of what relationship they have with the mother or what. We don't we don't know all those details, but if that is a safer place for them to be, if it's a more um supportive relationship for, for the kids being with him, whatever it is, um, I hope for that for for him too. So we are going to a strip club now. It's a surprise for Ashley. And it was only supposed to be a surprise for Ashley. Manuel was actually not supposed to be there because Jonathan was supposed to be planning Manuel's bachelor party so they can kind of do their own thing. But Jonathan's sleeping somewhere. So guess what, guys? Manuel's coming with the with the girls to the strip club. Manuel says, like, he is an angel of God and he has done nothing wrong. Wink, wink, I guess. So Manuel is definitely getting into it. Ashley actually asks to talk to Alicia um, outside. She wants to address the tension between Manuel and Sully. And Alicia says, listen, if they're not friends, that's fine. But Ashley does want them to have the same relationship that she does with them, which that may not happen. And that's okay. Um, as long as he doesn't encroach on the relationship that you have with them and he supports that and he nourishes that and he, you know, he gives you the room for that. He doesn't have to have that same relationship. I understand what she's trying to say, but he doesn't have to. And that takes time as well, if that were to ever happen. Um, and she says, you know, I do think that he is starting to think about what Sully said to him because she has finally met his kids for the first time. And that's definitely a breakthrough. As she says, in the words of Drake, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom. Okay. <laughs> so that's what's happening. And I've, it's great. And everything's tying together. Something fun in this episode, actually. No. The one thing was that this one was Mickey and just an Igor. Anyways. But that's it for Ashley and Manuel. Last but not least, Sam and Chitra. So, Chitra is going shopping for a dress. She's going to get an American, traditional American dress. She does have a dress for the Islamic ceremony, but you will also be getting the American traditional one for the American traditional wedding. So we are at Glassip Boutique. Jesus. Um, her dream American wedding is from Dun Dun Dun. Wait for it. Twilight. She wants to have the big woodsy wedding with 
Edward, and she'd be Bella with the hair all pretty and the, the you know, and just simple. And the dress is great. The shoes are killer, all literally and figuratively, you know, just the whole thing. That's what she wants. And then she's gonna go on a honeymoon. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Before I just start reciting the entire thing of Breaking Dawn part one, that it will end there. But that is what she wants. She wants to have that just pretty woodsy backyard question mark wedding. Cause that was their backyard, right? <laughs> anyway, um so she says, you know, Sam does look like a vampire. So why can't she have that Twilight wedding? Edward, he is not. Hell, Jasper, he's not. Carlisle, he's not. Emmett, he wishes. He's none of those things. He's Sam. Anyways. Um, but she says because he never gets old. Wait, what? Or he never looks old? Like, Anyways. Let's go to the dresses. Dress number one looks nice, but the sleeves for her, she doesn't quite like. She'd rather they kind of go more up on the actual shoulder than below. Um, but I thought it looked great on her. I thought, but she just didn't like the sleeve aspect of it. So that's fine. Um, then dress number two, again, very simple, but I did find it kind of suited her a little bit. I still think it needs a little pop of something, but nonetheless, the sisters love it, and that's the one she's going to get. Then they ask her, are you sure you want to marry him? Because, you know, they know about the diversion and everything. And Jitra says, uh, you know, though she would want for him, I'm sorry, she says that she would wait for him if he were to go to prison. And she also says that his family would support her while he is in prison for six to six months to a year. Who knows? Now we are with Sam and he is on his way to a pawn shop. Y'all. And his mom is meeting him there because he's going to go ring shopping. Now he, uh, Tisha didn't have a ring when he proposed to her. He didn't have that. He had, um, a piece of flower or something that he gave her, um, for replacement, I guess, but he's going to be going to a pawn shop. Now, I don't hate on people getting what, doing what they need to do to save money if they don't have the money to, for this big fancy thing. I'm not shooting at that. But these are things that other people had. And I just, I don't know. It's just, maybe that's just me kind of being like, I don't know about that. But whatever. I'm, I'm not even, I don't care how much the ring costs. It's not about that. I've literally had this conversation with my partner and say, when the time comes, don't think you need to go out there and buy me a ring for a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. I don't need any of that. If you find a beautiful ring, that's 500, 400. I don't care. I don't care what it is, how much it costs. As in, it came from you. I don't care about those things. It's just the idea of a pawn shop. That's the, I don't know. But anyways, this is what he's doing. And as he gets there, his mom is like, it's about time. It's Jesus. And he literally says, okay. <laughs> I guess he was late. I don't know. Um, so mom does say she is excited about him getting married. Um, and she likes Chitra, but we just don't worship the same God. 
here we go. Here we go. Anyway, he does find a ring that he likes. The ring originally was $298, but the woman was so kind and knocked down 20 bucks. So it's 278. So great. Mom doesn't know though if she will be at the religious wedding. Because she's like, because of my beliefs. Like, I just don't think I can be that. And I said, you know, ma'am, me and you believe in the same God and principle. I may not believe in the same way you do, or you may not be- or vice versa, whatever. Ultimately, we believe in Jesus Christ, the Lord, is our Lord and Savior, whatever. But that would not stop me from attending a different religious ceremony if given that opportunity. I, I would not stop me. I've had friends of different religions um, in my past. And if those relationships continued on past a certain point, you know, sometimes friendship is fizzle out or people go through changes in life or whatever. Um, I would have attended those weddings. I would have attended an Islamic wedding. I would have attended a Hindu wedding. I would have done all those things and not care that we don't celebrate the same God. It doesn't, or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't stop you from attending someone's wedding. God is not going to be like a Zeus or something and say, strike you down in your place with a thunderbolt because you're attending an Islamic wedding. It does, to me, it doesn't feel like you don't want to go because you guys, you know, she believes in, in um, Muhammad as the last prophet and you believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It doesn't feel like that's the reason you don't want to go. It feels like you don't want to go because you might be Islamophobic. And now that's a different conversation. And that's wrong. It's it's just, it just, it gives me the ick. It gives me, you want to make America great again. And I just, it's just, it's just, it's just, no, I don't like it. That's why I have such a visceral reaction to his mother. Because um, I, just, I just don't like that. I don't like what she is standing for here. Do not use Jesus, our God, to justify the reasons you cannot attend your son's wedding. Just don't do it. Do that on your own time, off camera. Don't make our religion, the umbrella of our religion, which is Catholicism, or I should say, no, sorry, Christianity technically is the umbrella, the big umbrella, and we have different sects in there. Do not do that to justify whatever the hell is going on in your head. Just don't. Anyways. Um, she then says, like, um, I just, I don't push, like, my beliefs on other people. What the fuck are you talking about? This is the first time I swore on the episode. What the, what the fuck are you talking about? You, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, keep pushing your beliefs on other people by saying, oh, I wish you would believe in the same God as me. I wish you would do this. I wish you would do that. It's, you're pushing your beliefs on, on, on her. You're just not doing it in front of her face, but you are doing it. And that doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that you think you're not doing it. 
And then what surprises me even more is where is this coming from? So you think because you're going to go to a mosque that they're going to push their thoughts and beliefs on you? No. I don't think that's what's going to happen. You're not there for the purpose of conversion. You're there for the purpose of witnessing your son's wedding. I just, and she's like, well, I'm not saying that they're going to push their beliefs on me. Then what the fuck are you saying then? You're not, you're saying a whole lot of nothing, even though you won't shut the fuck up. Like, I just, I don't know. So anyway, he basically says, because he's unhappy with here at this point, he's like literally saying, okay, so you can't just attend your son's wedding because of your bullshit. Cool. And he basically just wants her to check her feelings at the door for an hour or two and attend his wedding, which I don't think that's a lot to ask. I really don't. He literally says her father's here. So why can't my parents just put their shit together, put their shit aside and be there? His dad's going to be there. Grandma's going to be there. Why can't you be there? Because it just feels, if it, it makes me think hate. That's what it makes me feel. Anyways, enough of mom. Let's move on. So we're at this really nice house. And it's a farmhouse. And this is where they're going to be staying um, for now, I guess. Um, I guess the, the American aspect of the wedding is going to be here. I'm not sure. It wasn't quite clear on that, but that's kind of what I gathered. It's pretty. And Herman says, this is like a rich people house. And he asks, like, do you guys want to live in a house like this after you get married? It is kind of big. Sam kind of says, you know, maybe if we have like four or five kids to fill it, then sure. Then we could. But I think also Titra doesn't want to live in a big house because of this reason. She says, well, what if there's somebody living in the basement? I wouldn't know. So she's saying, what if there's a frogger? She's watched Frogger. I have not. <laughs> I refuse. I'm like, no, I can't. I've listened to um, I Think Not cover it, and that was enough. But um, yeah, she thinks there's gonna be a frogger in the house. Great. And um, and then she's like, a random stranger could like show up to the house and then go knock, knock, knock on the door and then murder me. And I'm thinking, my girl has fought some criminal minds. Cause didn't that happen, actually? Yes. So now Herman and Chichara are talking. And we find out here he actually used to work for the drug division. Great. Perfect. And um he wants to know if he uses narcotics or just like regular drugs. Um, so basically he says like just the medications of a suboxone. And he, um, Herman basically has a fear that, like, he won't stay sober because I guess he's seen addicts not stay sober, which is true. There are definitely addicts who are unable to stay clean because it's an illness. And this is something that Sam is going to suffer through for probably the rest of his life. But as long as he puts that work in and he's doing all the right things, I don't know if he's going to like, you know, has like a um, a sponsor or what, whatever he, as long as he's doing all the right things and he does the work, it's very possible that he can stay that way. But the reality of it, of it is you do need to be cautious going forward because one thing could trigger him and he's right back where he started. And now he has a wife to worry about who 
isn't from America. But luckily, skip ahead a couple minutes or a minute if you don't want to know or 30 seconds if you want don't want to hear this starting now, at least she has her sister here who can be at least someone that she can go to and feel comfortable with because um, she's here. But anyways, spoiler over. Um, so he just doesn't want Chitra to be abandoned going forward, which again, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's saying. He asks, like, um, are you sure you want to marry him? And what if he does go to, to you know, prison? Then what? She's ready. She says she's ready to wait it out. And she says breaking up is not an option. She loves him. It's not going to happen. And he says, Herman says, if I tell you not to marry him, like, would you listen? And she says, not at all. And apparently... We learned this and I didn't like this at all because don't bring your work home. Apparently, Chitra says he has interrogated his children before in order to get answers out of them or um, to more so get them to uh, listen to him uh, and ultimately get what he wants them to do. He has done that by using interrogation type tactics. And I'm like, not cool, sir. Not cool. Don't interrogate your children because you have that skill you know what i mean anyways that is it for sam and chitra next time on ashley finds her um wedding spot but there is gonna be a tropical storm you know what guys she forgot about hurricane season good luck to you jasmine is going wedding dress shopping gino is here and she will also be seeing his family and um, I think it was the, um, oh God, what's his name? Dana's wife, who I think like she's actually not being a bitch here, but she's just saying when everyone else, I guess, is saying that um, we've seen you in bikini photos on the beach and uh, it's just not right, ma'am. And whoever, whoever needs to hear this, who gives a shit? You're just jealous. Because she has a banging body. Because she does. Let's be real. And she's on the fucking beach in a bikini. Oh my god. Stop the goddamn. Stop, stop the goddamn bus. You know. Anyways. Sam is allowed to touch Citra at the mosque. I think that's that's normal. I've heard that before. Rob and Sophie are still fighting. Because of course they are. And um, she's having a mental breakdown. And Annalie tells Clayton about the strippers, and he says, never again in this world would this happen again. And I said, who the fuck are you talking to? I would have clapped him in his face and said, say what now? You got anything else you need to say? Oh, you're done? Cool. Who the fuck are you? It was so gross. And she did the right thing by saying, I'm out of here, and she's going to pack her shit and leave. Ew. Anyways, that is it for 90 Day OG. For this week so if you like what you heard please rate and review the podcast on either apple Podcasts or spotify again we're on every different podcast app that you desire to use um, we're also on youtube at reality tea times 2 
If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, TikTok at Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. You can email us at Reality Tea Times 2 at Hotmail.com. We have a website at solo.to forward slash Reality Tea Times 2. Two. Don't forget, I also have another podcast with my friend Mikel called The Next Take Podcast, where we have conversations and discussions about just about everything. And you can find us at our, our website, area at solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast, YouTube, and Next Take Podcast. But that's basically it again don't forget if you rate and review us on either apple Podcasts or spotify and the five star rating i will read that on the podcast but that is it for now thanks guys bye